0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Thinking Talmudist podcast. Previously, we spoke about the experience the Jewish people had at Mount Sinai. We talked about a lot of different, many different ideas of exactly what transpired at Mount Sinai and what the Jewish people experienced. The Gemara now continues to talk about something totally different, and we're going to just look at this piece of Talmud, a little piece of Talmud, and learn something special from it. Now, the Mishnah, which was written before the Talmud, the Talmud explains the Mishnah. The Mishnah, interestingly, deals with four very different subjects, and the Mishnah just brings these four different pieces. Number one is if uh, you know different different types of areas of of purity, of holiness. Um, one is if someone, how do we know, all relating to, to, uh, Shabbos, for example, how do we know that on the third day after a baby's circumcision, uh, they should wash the baby, um, even if it's Shabbos when that's typically prohibited? And another idea is, uh, the one we're going to talk about. it. how do we know, from where do we know that a red wool was tied on the head of the he goat that was sent away to Azazel, which happened on Yom Kippur. And the Talmud tells us on Yom Kippur, in the temple, he goats were brought on behalf of the entire nation. One was slaughtered as a chattas offering, as a sin offering, and its blood brought into the Holy of Holies for sprinkling. The other was sent out to the wil- to a wilderness area to be cast off the precipice of a rocky mountain. This latter goat is known as the goat of Azazel, Sa'ir Azazel. The Mishnah in Yomah teaches that the one who led the goat out to the Azazel area would take a strip of red wool and divide it into two, tying one half of the on the he goat to the he goat's neck and the other half to a rock at the top of the precipice. He would then push the he goat off down the mountain. As the he goat fell, the wood would turn white. This was a divine sign that the sins of the people were forgiven. Our missionary inquires as to the scriptural origin of this practice. So where does this concept come from? Where does this come from that we take the he-goat and we tie a piece of wool to its around its neck and we tie the other part of that wool on a rock on the top of the precipice and as it was getting thrown off the mountain, this he-goat, the red wool string would turn into white. And this was a sign that the Jewish people were forgiven, and they'd be very happy. What's going on over here? So the Talmud on eighty nine B in tractate Shabbat says the following: The Gemara asks, "Minayin The Gemara asks, "Kashanim, why does the verse say like scarlet wools, Kashanim, in the plural?" Kishanimi baile. It should rather be like scarlet wool. Like one. Singular. The Gemara explains, Amr Rav Yitzchak, said, Amr Lem Baruch Hu Li the Holy One, blessed as He, said to the Jewish people, Even if your sins are like these years, Kashanim, the years of the world, in that they are constant and continuous from the six days of creation until now, then, nevertheless, they will whiten like snow. The Gemara turns to the beginning of the above verse. Now, the above verse that we mentioned earlier is that if your sins will be like scarlet wools, they will whiten like snow. So what is going on here? Darash Rava. Rava expounded. My Dhsiv, what is the meaning of that which is written na Yomar Hashem? Go now, let us reason together. Hashem will say. Why does it say go now? It should say come now. Yomar Hashem, Hashem will say, Omar Hashem Hashem says, not Hashem will say. Hashem says, rather, the verse alludes to the following, In some future time, The Holy One, blessed is He, will say to the Jewish people, Go now to your forefathers, and let them rebuke you for your transgressions. And the Jewish people will say before Him, before the Almighty, shall all the master of the universe. Who do you want us to go? Are you telling us to go to our ancestors? To who exactly? To Abraham, who you told no with certainty that your offspring shall be aliens in a land not, not their own. They will serve them and they will oppress them four hundred years. And nevertheless, that same Abraham, who you told that prophecy to, he did not ask for mercy on our behalf. That's who you want us to go ask? So, who should we go to? Should we go to Isaac, who blessed Asaph, saying, And it shall be that when you are aggrieved, you may cast off his yoke from upon your neck? And yet, he did not ask for mercy on our behalf? The Midrash relates that. Isaac told Asaph, if you see your brother shirking the yoke of Torah, in which case you claim against him for taking the blessing has some merit, decree massacres against him and you will rule him. Meaning, this is what we, we mentioned, we touched on last week. Where does antisemitism come from? Asaph was given permission to persecute the Jews if we don't follow the Torah. If we don't follow the Torah... The nations of the world were given the power to do us harm. So here, Yitzchak gave this blessing to Asaf and he didn't give us a blessing to protect us. He didn't ask for mercy on our behalf. Etzel mi nelech achshav, who are we supposed to go to? Eitzel Yaakov, Martolo that you said to Yaakov, Anochi eredim ha Sraima. Should we go to Jacob, whom you told, I shall descend with you to Egypt, and I shall also surely bring you up, which is in Parshas Miketz, thus hinting to three more exiles, and yet, Yaakov did not ask for mercy on our behalf. To whom should we go for rebuke? Who's going to tell us how to correct our ways? Yomar Hashem, therefore you Hashem, say our rebuke. Amalem Akadishborhu, the holy one blessed is he will tell them, How will Vitalisem Atmehem be since you have made yourselves dependent upon me, im Yu Kashonim Kashele if your sins will be like the scarlet wolves, they will be white like snow. Our Hashem will forgive us for all of our sins. So I think this is also tying in to what we spoke about Tuesday night about trusting in Hashem, having a complete trust in Hashem. When we trust in Hashem, Hashem has the power of everything. Hashem is has the ability of everything. And there's no reason, there's no reason that we should carry the burden on our own. Hashem's ability is ain't sof, is no limit, is no... no border to Hashem's capability. Hashem can do anything. Are we limited? Yes, we're limited. We can't fly. We can't. There are a lot of things we can't do. Hashem can do everything. And yet we're trying to depend on our limited abilities. Like it's so great. Hashem says, just come here, come. Let me give you a big hug. Not only that, that Hashem will forgive us for everything. You didn't depend on Abraham, you didn't depend on Isaac, you didn't depend on Jacob. You depended on me. Oh, no problem. Another exposition regarding the patriarchs and the Jewish people's future atonement. Am Barnachmani, Am Reb Shmuel Barnachmani said in the name of Why do we have the names? Why is it important for us to always have the source? Because the Torah is all about seeking truth. The Jewish people, that's our our devotion, our dedication is let's investigate the truth. Let's find out the whole story. Let's find out the real story. And therefore it's critical for us to know exactly the source of who says what. My what is the meaning of that which is written, Kiato Avinu, for you are our father, Ki avram lo Yodanu Vijisrolo Yakirenu? because Avram does not know us, and Israel does not recognize us. Ato Hashem ovinu go'aleinu me'olam shemecha. You, Hashem, are our Father, our Redeemer. From time immemorial is your name. at a future time, the Holy One, blessed is, he will say to Avram, B'anecha chatuli, your children have sinned to me. Amr Avram replies to Hashem, Master of the universe, let them be obliterated for the sanctity of your name. Amar, unsatisfied with this reply, Hashem will say to himself, I will speak rather to Jacob since he experienced pain of raising his children. Interesting, Yaakov had more pain in raising his children than Abraham did? Abraham had terrible devastation from Yishmael. He had six other children from Keturah. He sent them far, far to the east. One of the things we didn't mention in our Parsha podcast yesterday is that what did Abraham, it says Abraham gave them gifts. What type of gifts? So they say it's all of the arts of the east, like their combat. Karate and taekwondo is all martial arts. All of those are gifts that Abraham bestowed upon his children before he sent them east, he taught them these great gifts. Either way, so I will speak rather to Jacob who has experienced pain of raising his children. Efshar Boy rachameh alayhu Perhaps he will ask me to have mercy upon them, the Jewish people. Omar Lay, so Hashem went to Jacob. Banecha your children have sinned against me. Amar of Yaakov will reply before him, Ribboner Shalom, Yimochu Dusha Master of the Universe, let them be obliterated for the sanctity of your name. Amar, Hashem will say, Lo, time of Lo Bidardiki Eitza, there is neither reason among the elders, nor counsel among the young. Amar lo, Yitzchak, Hashem said, to Isaac, Your children have sinned against me. Amr Lafan of Isaac said before them, Master of the universe, my children and not your children. What do you mean? When they preceded the statement, we will do to the statement of we will hear before you. Hashem, You called them, Beni Bichori. My son, my firstborn, Akshav Bonai now they're my children, the children of Isaac, and not the children of Hashem. And furthermore, how much after all could they have sinned? Kama of how many years already does a man live? Shivim seventy years. Dal Esrin Take away the first twenty years, for you don't punish a person. For those years, we mentioned this yesterday, that, that Sarah was a hundred years and twenty years and seven years. When she was a hundred years old, it was like she was pure from sin like a twenty-year-old. Why? Because till, till twenty years old, you don't have retribution in the world to come. Here, the Gemara brings us that proof. Till twenty years, we don't get punished in Shemaim, in heaven. So in that case, we, lohem Chamishin. There are 50 years left. Dal esrin v'chamisha d'elevosa. Take away 25 of those, meaning half of those years, which are nights. we do not sin when we sleep. Poshulei esrin v'chamisha, there are 25 left. Dal trey s'rei upalga d'tsuluyei u'meichau u'debei be'sakise. Take away 12 and a half of those of Of those twenty-five that are left, why they're spent praying, they're spent eating or using the bathroom, pasule tresre upalgo there are only twelve and a half years left for them to have potential to sin, sovelas kulam mutov, and if you will shoulder them all all of the all of them then fine. And if not, then half should be on me and half should be on you, God. And if you tell me that all of them should be on me, behold, I have already sacrificed myself before you. When was that? That was by the binding of Isaac. By the Akedah Sitzchak. After hearing Isaac's defense of them, the Jewish people will open their mouths and say, For you, Isaac, are our true father. Yitzchak will tell them, Instead of lauding me, laud the Holy One, blessed is he, who is your true father. And Isaac will indicate the Holy One, blessed is He, before their eyes in a way that it will be so clear there won't be any confusion. Miyad noso Immediately they will lift their eyes up above. Ve-omrim, Hashem me'olam We will say, You, Hashem, are our Father, our Redeemer, from time immemorial in Your name. What a beautiful conversation that Isaac has with HaKadosh Baruch with the Almighty, with the creator of heaven and earth, where he's telling him, defending us, if we already live 70 years, of those 70 years, take off 20, because 20, there's no retribution in the heavens. So, those are, they were punished for their sins prior to the age of 20 in this world. Then, you have 50 years left. Of those 50 years, half of them are nights, and we're sleeping. In that case, knock off half. We have 25 years left. Of those 25 years left, we go to shul, we daven. We have to eat. We have to, uh, we have to use the restroom. All of those things take up half our time. In that case, what's left? We only have 12 and a half years. Of those 12 and a half, God, we're going to split it. Between half to me, half to you. At which point they say, Yitzhak, Avinu, you're our father. And Yitzchak says, no, 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 before you say me, Father, say Hashem is the Father. Hashem, and Hashem will forgive of all of our sins. Something that came up while I was reading this is something that is so uncharacteristic. And I look over here in the commentary, and commentary number 27 here has the exact question that I was thinking. Several commentators note that Isaac's defense here stands in diametric opposition to his established character. For although Abraham is always the standard bearer of kindness and Jacob of truth and mercy, Isaac is synonymous with justice. Isaac is the one who confers only what is deserved and not a trifle more. Isaac is the patriarch who marks the boundary and says no further. How is it that he, and he alone among the patriarchs, is the one to present an extraordinary defense of the Jewish nation? He should have been the one who says, take him. <laughs> they sinned, take him. Jacob should be the one. Or Abraham should be the one. Abraham, the, 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 the icon of kindness. Jacob, the icon of mercy. What's going on here? The answer is that the very characteristic of justice can be the source of pure kindness when it is applied to itself. Isaac is the one who set a limit to limit setting. That means he set the limit to setting limits, to critique criticism, to find fault in the very process of fault finding. When the prosecution arrayed against the Jews is itself subjected to the unyielding scrutiny of justice, the Jews will be automatically acquitted. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, my great uncle, suggested that the the presentation of this defense will be Isaac's great test. Both Abraham and Jacob were tested by God to follow his will in opposition to their tendencies. The kind Abraham was forced to send his son Ishmael out of his house an apparently cruel act. The honest Jacob was forced to deceive his father in order to receive the blessings. Our Gemara informs us of Isaac's test to reverse the fearful decision hanging over the Jewish people. He will be challenged to offer elaborate arguments for their innocence. Isaac will pass this test successfully and this itself will be the source of merit for the Jewish people. The fact that he was able to overcome his justice and bring that justice to kindness and to bring the justice to mercy is the test that he will have. It's fabulous. This is fabulous. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And now the Talmud concludes here. Since Jacob's exile to Egypt is mentioned before, the Gemara records the teaching of this subject. Now, if I can tell you How providential this is. Just yesterday, my nine-year-old son said to me, Abba, we need to review the Chumash that we're learning in school. And we reviewed it. The exact verse that says that God is taking Jacob down to Egypt and says that he will take him back up is the exact verse that we learned yesterday together, my son and I. This exact verse. So now let's see this gemara. Amar Abchiah Baraba Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Abchiah Baraba said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Ra'u Yaakov avinu Shaloos shel Barzil. Jacob, our father, was destined to descend to Egypt in iron chains, like all those who go to exile. Elo sheshuso garmalo. However, his great merit caused them to escape this fate. As it is written, With the ropes of a man I will draw them to Egypt with braids of love. And I will be to them as those who lift a yoke upon their jewels, and I will extend towards them the strength to bear intense labor. So the commentaries here explain, Jacob traveled to Egypt in fulfillment of a divine decree of exile. Chains are mentioned in connection with the Babylonian exile. Because of my affection for this man, Jacob, I have drawn them to Egypt with ropes instead of chains. Those ropes were, among other things, the fine woolen tunic given to Joseph and the brother's hatred of him. These matters eventually led to Joseph's position in Egypt and inexorably to Jacob's descent there. Alternatively, right, so it was that little thread, that little rope that really pulled him down, even though it's like just, that's not what did it, but that is what did it. Alternatively, the reference is to the bonds of love connecting Jacob and Joseph. God arranged that Jacob would go down to Egypt to see his beloved Joseph so that Joseph could feed the family during the famine. So it was like, how is God going to get you there? He'll get you there in a way that's not going to be chains. It's not going to be like a prisoner, but rather with honor and dignity. And now the Talmud says, and I will be to them as those who lift a yoke upon the joel, their Joels, as one who eases a yoke onto his animal with boards and sticks. So it doesn't yank the animal and hurt the animal then you do it gently and that concludes this piece of talmud so my dear friends thank you for this beautiful journey learning about shabbos learning about all of these wonderful gifts that hashem has given us and now concluding with this talmud of understanding how hashem forgives us for our sins on yom kippur